Cities produce more than 60% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Big cities get a lot of attention, but most household emissions in the U.S. actually come from communities outside urban cores, making them critical players in climate mitigation and climate justice. City Climate Corner explores how these small and mid-sized cities are tackling climate change and moving toward an equitable and sustainable future. I'm Abby Finnis. And I'm Larry Kraft. We're co-hosts for City Climate Corner. Hey, Larry. Hey, Abby. All right, so we have a special episode. Uh, we're going back to Laramie. What are we doing there? We are. If you remember from our episode, there was significant youth involvement from college students at the University of Wyoming. And we actually have three of them that we're going to talk to about projects they've been involved in in Laramie. I look forward to the conversation. And we have interviewed a number of cities that are college towns. And I think it'll be a good conversation and highlighting the benefit of having students in your community and gaining their involvement. And a lot of the times we've talked in our prior sessions about involvement of students when they were in high school, and these students are involved when they're in college. And so it's interesting that it's it's not them necessarily asking for action, it's them taking action mm-hmm. with in partnership with the community and with the city. Really interesting. Let's give it a listen. Let's do it. We are here with Zach Eisler, Jared O'Brien, and Chelsea Taylor, who are all students at the University of Wyoming in the Hub School of Environment and Natural Resources. And we're talking more about Laramie. So why don't we start by each of you telling us a little bit about yourselves, what year you are in school, where's your hometown, and why getting involved with this and climate action is something that's important to you. And why don't we start with Zach? Thanks, Larry and Abby um, for having us here today. I am from Seattle originally, and I'm a senior graduating in December. Um, I've been in Wyoming for about six years now at UW for this will be my second year. I got interested specifically in the, the energy transition in Wyoming. It's such a hot topic issue. Um, and this last semester being in um, this campus sustainability course gave me a chance to really kind of get my hands on some energy transition things. We did a project on solar panels specifically. Jared. I'm originally from Cheyenne, Wyoming, born and raised, and I'm currently a senior majoring in mathematics and sustainability. I will be graduating in the spring I originally got involved into sustainability by previously being a energy systems engineering major. I was really interested in that work. And then I found out that's really not what I wanted to get into. Found out that there was a sustainability minor and also was convinced I should just be a mathematician instead of an engineer. (laughs) And uh, I loved it. And then I was taking... um, the Foundations for Sustainability course with Professor Badoli, she really invigorated my love for this whole involvement in sustainability. She's just a wonderful, wonderful professor. Uh, our project was City Climate Action Plan campaign, where me and three others uh, went out and spoke to several stakeholders and asked them, here's this thing. Um, it's good for you and saves you money. Uh, Can you support us sort of thing going forward? A lot of Chelsea Taylor's work 
facilitated and helped our work as well. I, I tell you, I haven't heard of many mathematicians and sustainability majors, but love it. Chelsea, so you've got a kudos already before even being introduced. So I wanted to tell us about yourself, where you're from, why you care about this. Yeah, my name is Chelsea Taylor. I am a recent graduate of the University of Wyoming. And um, my majors were energy resource management and environment and natural resources with uh, minors in restoration and reclamation, ecology and honors. And how I got involved with sustainability in Laramie and on the, on the UW campus is through my honors project. I knew that I wanted to do something through the Hobbs School environmental related. And I heard of Rachel Badoli through just some of my faculty advisors. And I've always had a passion for environmental science and sustainability and climate change. So I thought it would be really cool to incorporate that into my honors project. So I chatted with her. Oh, gosh, it was a couple semesters ago, just like bouncing ideas back and forth. And we decided to start this um, this idea that, that we both had for um, getting the city of Laramie involved with climate action planning and involving the University of Wyoming with it. Because there were other towns like Fort Collins and CSU and CU Boulder and Boulder, you know, that like work together on climate a- action planning. And we thought it'd be really cool if they me and uh, UW did, did that too. Uh, so that's how I got, got in, involved with that. And sorry, I have a little bit of a, of a stutter and I kind of stutter sometimes when I get passionate about something. But yeah, and my hometown is Castle Rock, Colorado. That's where I'm at now. And uh, right now I'm actually an environmental scientist at a consulting company in Denver. So I'm really excited to be talking about my honors project. And it's cool that it's being used in, in curriculum and stuff. Yeah, I just have to say it was it was wonderful. That paper was really well written, really well done. It really helped us as a stepping point in our little project. Again, kudos. Thank you so much. That that, that really means me means a lot to me. Welcome to you all. And you know, a common theme through that is it sounds like you have a really fantastic professor, and I think appreciation to all the teachers and, and professors who have an impact on students' lives and, and send them in a new trajectory. So shout out to Elizabeth Wilson, who was at the Humphrey Institute for me and set me on a path as well. So that's really awesome. And, and it sounds like you have a really great program. Chelsea, can you expand a little bit more on how the University of Wyoming got involved in climate action and, and working with the city? Like what's behind that and how did that evolve? So it started before our me and Rachel's project kind of took off. I, you know, either Jared or Zach can um, elaborate on on this a little bit. Yeah, 2006 or seven, the Association of Students for Sustainability. I believe it was something like that. Yeah, so it's like this organization. It's it's a nationwide thing that UW got involved with a couple years back, and. They wanted to introduce sustainability cur- curriculum into in, in, into the school. Then through that, I believe it was the Ashy Stars program was another program that the University of Wyoming got involved with. And Ashy Stars is basically a way for campuses to measure their sustainability and environmental consciousness. And Wyoming, when they were involved with this program, they received the bronze ranking, which is actually the lowest ranking that you can achieve. So I kind of built off of that and was like, okay, how can they get like a higher ranking? Like maybe move up to silver or move up to, 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 a, to a gold. 
that program also helps build like reputation for sustainability and environmental awareness and stuff like that on on um, on campuses. Uh, so I wanted to expand on things that Wyoming had previously been in, involved with. There was a statement, I believe, that the a, a former president of UW sent out and said that, hey, we want to be more sustainable. We want to, it, it was basically a, a climate action plan um, to be carbon neutral by 2050. And that has since been um, pushed to the side. So that's one thing that I wanted to enact in this project too. Cool. It sounds like each of you maybe had a particular project. Um, Zach, can you tell us what you did? I worked on a project that was a little bit more community-oriented than um, university-oriented, but obviously the university is such a huge part of Laramie um, that they're all interrelated there. So our project worked with three other great team members, and it was finding ways to incentivize solar energy, distributed kind of rooftop solar energy for the city of Laramie and Albany County uh, in general. We built on projects from before um, and kind of took this project from a city council subcommittee and then brought it to Rachel's class. And then we took it over there, which I think is one of the really cool things about the class, this campus sustainability class. It creates like a climate change ecosystem, you know, where you can have projects that go from semester to semester and kind of bounce back and forth. But anyways, our project in particular, we looked into big picture financial incentives, things like tax rebates um, or the rural energy program um, for either getting grants or tax rebates. And then from there, we got a little bit more creative because there's only so much you can do to incentivize it. Um, There's not a lot of state support currently for distributed solar generation especially while we were doing this kind of the solar net metering bill in Wyoming was under hot debate, which happens pretty often in Wyoming, whether net metering is going to be allowed or not. So we had to come up with more creative ways that didn't include a lot of capital commitment from either the town or the county. So we looked at a a few cool programs. One of them would be, well, we, we talked to building developers um, and then talk to the city planning department to see if there's ways that they could swap out requirements. So let's say a building developer would not have to build one or two parking spaces or would have different landscaping requirements if they agreed to put solar panels in. And that's something that could be applicable for using heat pumps as well or for using wind generation. We specifically were recommending it for solar. And then once we kind of got those suggestions together, we presented them to the city council and a few other people. And I think that those plans and those suggestions are going to keep building and moving on in terms of how much impact it's making. I'm not really sure. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for growth, but the outlook is definitely positive, especially because I think Laramie's at this cool junction where there's a potential for a more energy sovereign and energy democratic future if these kind of programs can be used and if people jump on board with it. I mean, Wyoming's all about do-it-yourself um, mentality. And so if you can make that connection between like power generation and being self-reliant, it can. I, I think it has a strong potential for changing people's minds culturally.
Jared, can you tell us a little bit about your project? So my portion of it was essentially the background, like where was the university and how did we get to this point within the realm of sustainability, um, specifically on campus, because previously there was not really much involvement with the city, but we were really pushing and advocating for this to be essentially a town and gown relationship. Town and gown. Rachel said this in the other interview we did. I haven't heard that term before. I guess it means university and town, right? Exactly. It was a subject in our class, but I think um, in a couple of papers that she did as well. But facilitating this whole campus community relationship, especially in the action of sustainability, is super, super, uh, what's a good word other than just good? It's, well, it's collaborative. You know, you use all those relationships. You use not only the triage between staff, faculty, and students. Students, of course, I think being the most important because they're that shared interest group between everybody, but also um, the city, the community, and in our case, the county, which was really nice too. We got the approval of the county, not just the city um, in this campaign. It's because getting that relationship together, not only for the benefit of shared resources, but like sustainability needs to be a collaborative effort or it's going to fall short at least in my opinion, and I think in a lot of experience as well, if you just go forth with the individualized consumerism, just saying like, oh, you need to recycle, you need to do this sort of thing, it's going to fall short. These kind of incentives need to be a collaborative effort. And I think a lot of research has shown that when they are a collaborative effort created by coalitions going forward, they have the most uh percentage of success. I actually just got off a meeting with Rachel today talking about creating a task force to help this go forward. So I think that's the next step. And with my involvement as a board of directors member for ARE, we're really hoping to knit this together um, in a coming event for what's called the Shepherd Symposium. And eventually, you know, climate action planning so we can get this all together and really have a good town and gown relationship because it's funny to our knowledge laramie is the only city that we know of so far that has made a carbon neutrality commitment before the university has and that's huge like hey you dub what you doing the city is ahead of you in this action so maybe we should catch up we really should facilitate this whole town and gown relationship. Let's work together on this and go forth. You know, it's so interesting how each of you had a different project in different ways impacting the, the university. I guess that's the gown side of it and the town. When we interviewed Brian Harrington from City Council and Monica and Rachel, they spoke about how important it was that you all were involved not just from the excellent work you did, but that having young folks involved kind of can change the dynamic of the discussion. So I'm curious how you felt you were received by the community, by the city council. I mean, Wyoming can be a bit more of a conservative place. We had 
quite a few meetings with ARE or city council or the environmental advisory committee. And we were received incredibly positively every time we were talking to people who wanted to hear what we were saying, which was really great. And we got a lot of feedback from them about our project and what they wanted to see and, and guidance. I think we started off the semester with meetings, just looking for guidance. And then the feeling we got from, from these people was like, oh, we're really excited about what you're doing and we want to support you and just kind of run with it, which was cool to see and not something that I expected. Our voices were, at least for me, like my voice was more important or had more weight than I thought it would be in this, not necessarily just a, just a student doing a project. Sometimes I thought of it like this, the campus was sort of an engine for these climate change projects and like the student pool was the the, fu- the fuel or something like that. I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but you know, like the community might have the need, but not necessarily the resources and people serving on town council boards, as you probably know, Larry, are pretty busy doing other stuff, uh, but students have the time and the interest for it. And then you've got great faculty and mentors like Monica and Rachel who have all the passion and the expertise. And it's sort of like all three of those things work together really well. Yeah, I've got to agree with what Zach was saying about the positive feedback that we, or that I received. For the paper that I wrote, I interviewed different stakeholders and all the stakeholders that are interviewed were like, oh my, oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're doing this. This is awesome. This is something that needs to be done. And um, generally got some positive feedback from, from them. One person that I interviewed was from a different school in a, in, a, in a different state, and they were saying that people do want to make change happen, but they're afraid of not having the resources and afraid of not having the money to make those changes. And there's a lot of support, but there's not a whole lot of resources. That was one thing that I found like a common denominator in the people that I was interviewing. But overall, I generally got positive feedback from all this stuff. agree with both of them just responses were resoundingly positive even out of all the stakeholders that our group presented to and being born and raised in wyoming that was that was a big surprise for me i was constantly asking our mentors uh monica and alec well what should we be prepared for like what should we have as a response to these people that don't think this is a big deal and that never became the case And I think it's just what everybody else is saying. Like once they know that there's something out there that's trying to bring this together, they're more willing to participate, I suppose. I think it honestly goes hand in hand with the recent issue with the whole net metering that Zach mentioned a few months ago. The state legislator was trying to push a lot of bills that were essentially downplaying people participating in net metering. And as soon as Monica and a lot of other ARE members and those involved with the Powder River organization emailed everyone, they had an enormous amount of people just show up and say like, no, this is not our interest. And you need to be creating stuff that's within our interest. And this is not, this is not okay. Again, going off of that whole town and gown relationship thing, it kind of goes forth with those shared resources. And I especially think in the case of Laramie, Laramie is the poorest municipality in Wyoming. So 
having this relationship of a lot of impassioned people within the community and the city partnered with the with the resources not only in research and information but also money from the university creates this really nice kinship i suppose and it's not even like a relationship where one is more overbearing than the other. It's something that everybody has an equal share and an equal take in. Very related to that, it seems like having a really small community and campus focus already depoliticizes it from these big picture hot button issues. And then having it come from students as well is maybe brings it some legitimacy and, and takes away some of the political aspects people are more willing to listen sometimes. Yeah. And another thing I've been finding is like, I'm starting to see people like you, Zach, and other people that are interested in this more often. It kind of comes with the Wyoming culture of, you know, it's big enough to where you can have some anonymity, but also small enough to where you still have that communal feeling. It really makes it a lot easier, despite the coal industry that our state is famous for to go forward with positive change. You all have done really cool work uh, in school. And Chelsea, you are done with school. Zach, you're pretty close. Jared, it's not too far in the future, I guess. Do you see yourselves going into climate or bringing climate into your work? What what career path do you all have? We'll start with Chelsea, maybe since you just finished and you're in it. I was just thinking about this, actually. Um, the company that I'm with, I would really like to bring in some talk about climate action because a lot of the work that I do is actually inspections on oil and gas sites. What I want to do is like bring in the climate stuff that I learned from this honors project and have it go forth. And I'm actually having a meeting with one of my superiors about climate action planning tomorrow. I'm excited to talk to him about like how the company can bring that into into perspective and uh, how how we can help consult other companies that are in the oil and gas industry and like how to reduce uh, green greenhouse gases and maybe how to like measure them. And um, I really think the work that I did with with Rachel helped me get to where I am now in 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 my career. And I want I I really want to make sure that um, that the work that I did with climate action planning continues on through my career. Um, Jared. Actually, lately, I kind of already got a semi-professional offer through ARE. So already being a board member, there's been talk that they want me to do a little bit more administrative stuff. So there's that. <laughs> but otherwise, I've been working a lot of lot on um, data science and decision science especially related to sustainability planning. And my internship has been helping facilitate a lot. Uh, I've already been working on projects with faculty across the uh, campus, such as I'm currently waiting for some data to be compiled from an official at the uh, School of Energy Resources. And I recently talked with Rachel and her myself and Professor Arnett in the Decision Sciences Department are talking about this whole thing of trying to put some research into a return on investment study for all this climate action planning, especially at UW going forward. 
But that's mainly what I really want to be involved in is creating that connection between math and sustainability. Because like Larry said, there's not many people that <laughs> are majoring in mathematics and are within the uh, sustainability realm. Cool. Zach, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm interested in a lot of things all the time, but definitely something in sustainability. I, this class directly led to um, a couple internships that I'm doing right now. One of them is the city of Laramie helping update the greenhouse gas emissions inventory, which is run through ICLEI and a couple of other projects. And then I'm also working with a, a really great organization here in Jackson, Wyoming called Energy Conservation Works. And I'd, I'd be interested in continuing work like that. It's a, a joint powers board between the county, the town, and the energy co-op here. And I'm really interested in, in energy transitions, especially kind of the, the justice aspect of it. And I think that draws me more towards community level, whether that's advocacy or maybe small government stuff, definitely like the programs side of nonprofits I like. I think there's a lot of great companies out there doing green stuff, but I'm just not sure for me if if green capitalism is, is the answer. Um, so I don't think I want to focus all my energies on that for now. What advice would you have, say from a couple angles, for other students looking to get involved in local communities or other cities, maybe where there's a potential town-gown relationship? What advice would you have for those two groups? And let's start, let's do reverse order this time. We can start with Zach and then Jared and Chelsea. I think for students, pulling from my own experience, say get involved with a a class like this or like a local organization like ARE or even your town council. I think for me, studying environmental sciences things and climate change things, or even just reading the news, um, but mostly at an academic level, it gives you all these broad, big picture understandings of like the, the major world systems and how they're being affected by this or the big problems, which I think can lead to climate anxiety and maybe this feeling of you you don't have a lot of agency, but then actually getting your hands on something and being able to do it and making your, your mark on it gives you a lot of agency and, and kind of helps alleviate that anxiety to some level and takes it from just being these broad, big picture theories to, okay, here's what's actually happening on the ground. And here's maybe a path forward and allows you to envision a future for your community or the world. That's a little bit different. I think for me, that was one of the biggest things I got out of this class, that connection between big, broad, scary things and daily life. And then who knows, right? You, the thing you do can become a model for others. It could get even shared on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Or Jared, what about you? Advice? For fellow students, get involved. Adventure is out there. You can only go so far with the theoretical experience. I highly suggest at least one semester for study abroad. Getting perspective is very important. And heading it home again, you know, get involved. Participate in city council or your local government or volunteer Getting that practical hands-on experience is very, very important. What was your other question? Advice for cities where there's a town-down relationship. Yeah. Make sure that your meetings are available in both a 
in person or electronic format and make sure that people know where to find them. <laughs> I can't tell you, sometimes it was hard for me to find the City Council of Laramie's uh, meeting sometime, but after the Zoompocalypse, they definitely updated things. So I'm glad that that was at least one good thing that came out of all of this. <laughs> Is that what we're calling this, the Zoompocalypse? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it first here. <laughs> Chelsea. For students, I'm going to echo what Zach and Jared said, to get involved with things that not only you're passionate about, but that you just have like a slight interest in. And then maybe that will develop into a passion that can relate to the other passion that, 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 that you have. Because especially with sustainability and climate change, it infatuates all, acts, all aspects of life. So if you wanted to join like a business, I believe it's the Alpha, Alpha Kappa Psi or something like that on UW's campus, you can get involved with that and like talk to them about you know, how businesses can adapt to the changing climate and stuff like that. So get involved with lots of different things. That's one, that's one thing that I wish I would have done. And I like what Zach said about climate anxiety. Uh, that's one thing that I did have going into the project that I was working on is that, oh my goodness, this is such a big topic. I don't know where to start. But you have to remember that little things do make a difference. And you have to start little in order to work up to the bigger things. I know that seems like a trivial concept, but it's so true, especially when it comes to climate action. And as far as advice for cities, make sure you get students involved. I know that's like the whole point of this podcast, but like it's so crucial to get students involved because when you're in a college town, the students are such a vital part of the town and they contribute to greenhouse gases and they contribute to transportation costs and local events and stuff like that. So it's so important to have students involved. And it's also really important to look at what other cities are doing and maybe collaborate with them. I know that's one thing that helped me in creating my project. I interviewed somebody from, um, I believe it was Iowa. And they were like, oh my goodness, that's cool that somewhere in Wyoming is doing something similar to what we're doing. And there's collaboration there. Collaborate with other cities and collaborate with other counties and collaborate with students. I think those are three very important things that they could be doing. Great. Oh, that's great. Thank you all. We hope you enjoyed this episode of City Climate Corner. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe and give us a review. If you're able, become a monthly supporter through Patreon. As always, you can find more information on this topic and resources from each episode's guests on our webpage, cityclimatecorner.com. If you have an idea for the show, send us an email at cityclimatecorner at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. City Climate Corner is produced by Abby Finnis and me, Larry Kraft. Edited by me. Our production assistant is Maggie Morin. Music by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.